0: Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
1: Well, we're starting early today. This is not really Cats at Night, but I'm here. I'm here working along with uh, Judge uh, Richard Weinberg, another common-sense Democrat. And we are taking over for the day, just for the day, uh, for James Golden, who is away for the holidays. He's away in London. And uh, we're here in New York. So I said, what the heck? Let's go to work. And uh, what but, do you think, Judge Weinberg? I think this, is, uh, this was great. We did a, a morning shift as well. We did four hours yes. in the morning. It's a lot of time. And again, and Rudy Giuliani was here uh, this morning, and he's still here with us today, and he's working today too. I guess we come from a, a family of hard workers, we, Rudy?
2: We sure do, John, and, and we enjoy what we do. I heard you saying that before. I've forgotten which show it was, but you were talking about it's not work when you really enjoy it. Absolutely. and uh, I think it was with, with, uh, with Greg you were talking about. Yes. And, and,
1: and what we're doing, uh, Rudy, is um, we have a problem. we got 60 days to the election, maybe 62, 63, yes. and our city is in jeopardy. Our state is in jeopardy. Our country is in jeopardy. And our, our mission is to make sure everybody knows that when you decide who to vote for November 8th, that you vote for people that want that have common sense and they want law and order that's all we're asking for law and order i'm not asking i'm not asking reduce the taxes or do this or do that or do that i'm not asking for anything the people of of new york deserve law and order just like rudy when you took over in what is it 25 years ago or 30 yeah. years ago i yeah. lose track of time to, uh, yeah. Check your resume, 19, Mr. Mayor.
2: 1994. January 1st, 1994.
1: That's 28 years ago. We okay. were both young. <laughs> we, me we and were you babies. arguing all the time or something, you know? <laughs>
2: right.
1: Well,
3: the, the mayor, as, as both of you know, appointed me my first the criminal the criminal court before I went to Supreme Court. And in my final interview with the mayor, he asked me, he said, uh, he said, Richard, Tell me about your litigation experience. And I said to him, I said, other than the 20 cases I had against you, Mr. Mayor. But we, you remember that? And Denny Young, a late <laughs> beloved friend, Denny Young, your counsel, wanted to kick me. He says, don't you think you should quit while you're ahead, Richard? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, I, res- yep. I respect. I mean, those, those cases were all very legitimate. Cases where both sides had a had a reasonable argument.
3: That's exactly right. And you and had we
2: needed we needed an arm, we needed a judge to figure it out to help us get and, through it.
3: And you had two great counsels. One was uh, now Judge Paul Crowdy, and oh, uh, that cost a Corpor- dollars. At, well, that's a different, <laughs> different that's a different discussion. <laughs> but but it was a great corporation council, followed by Mike Hess, another great yeah. corporation council, and then Denny Young
1: completed that, that troika. Kit. these were really terrific people. I remember Mike Hess, I used to buy my bagels at the Quag Deli with him. Yeah,
2: Mike. 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 Uh, Mike was a lawyer's lawyer, and Denny was ultimately the fairest person I knew. Uh, both of them were Republicans, by the way. I mean, Mike's family was a big Republican family, but when it came to making the right decision, that was the important thing. It wasn't just you know being a Republican.
1: I remember. I remember Denny Young back in nineteen ninety five, ninety six, when we got into that one eye argument about Hannock. And Denny was very reasonable. He was a you know, nice man. He was always a nice man. Denny yeah, was he a, was always he was always wonderful. the guy
2: that settled. That settled. Yeah, he'd, he'd let you see the other person's point of view.
4: Yep. And, you know, he always
2: had this common sense uh, 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 to to wait until you calm down. It wasn't just me. I mean, it could be Tony Carbonetti or Bruce Teitelbaum. Or I mean, they would tend to lose their temper and get angry. And now, I, Tony
1: Carbonetti—that's another. That's a, that's a horse of another man. color. Yeah, but you good know man, if you get good to man, him, though,
2: I'll tell you, a very good man. But uh, Denny knew how to get to him. He'd say, let's wait for Tony to calm down.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what Denny used to say to me when we would have some argument about some legal issue, or some piece of legislation, or some hearing we were doing? He said, why don't we go get a tuna sandwich, Richard? I, said, I know, I know. And I we'd know. sit in, on the park bench right in front of City Hall and have tuna
1: sandwiches. You, you know, you know that, he was a smart person <laughs> To do he that. didn't
2: understand. He he did not understand what's go- I, I got to tell you the truth. This last couple of years, uh, and he was suffering a bit, but even th- even with that, he really found this very disturbing the way uh, we couldn't get together. And I don't mean us, you and me. I mean, the way the government couldn't get together.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: He He would say to me, can't they just sit down and talk it out? I said, my God, they hate each other so much. They, uh, the first well, thing they do they're is not stop calling each other names.
3: They're, they're, you see, I think, Mr. May, the problem is they've had a drink of the Kool-Aid of ideology, and they can't, they can't get over it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It has to guide your decision-making, but it can't dominate it, right? Ronald Reagan used to say, my 80% friend is not my 20% enemy. If we can agree on a good many things, then let's get.
1: Well, done. he was ten percent above uh, Ed Koch. Ed Koch says, if you agree with me seventy percent of the time, you're a good friend. <laughs> if you agree, if you agree with me a hundred percent of the time, then you're a lunatic.
2: <laughs> I think, but I think that was the politician of that era. You know, uh, you got things done ultimately through legitimate compromise. Now, compromise is a bad word. It's Compromise is always you're giving up your principles.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, as, as there's so many things happening today, Rudy. Uh, let's discuss, for the benefit of, of all New Yorkers and all Americans, let's discuss one subject. Which, of all the things that happened today, which one bothers you the most?
2: I think, uh, you know, I think that the whole thing that's going on with Trump's uh, uh, home bothers me the most because it's a real, uh, just a, like a a complete violation of the Constitution. Uh, it shows the deep hatred that they have for him, which uh, the, the whole thing, like a judge would, would know, it's a, the warrant is crazy. It's a general warrant. We fought a revolution so we wouldn't have general warrants. They're supposed to be very specific. They claim now that they can't have a special master because it'll delay things. They waited four months to get the donna Warrant.
1: Well, guys, I, this morning, the master was approved by the court, I believe. Uh, correct. Yes. So did, 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 did they object already? Well, they objected to it, yeah.
2: I, they may appeal. I mean, the fact is, uh, my home was searched a year and a half ago. And the government ap- agreed to a special master Southern, on day one. And it was Barbara Jones. You know Barbara.
1: Yes, she's a smart lady. She, she,
2: uh, she helped us immensely. And now the case is over. They sent me everything back. I'm kind of annoyed that I had to go through that, but they didn't give me a hard time about a special master. Of
3: course, they they
1: didn't. They didn't pay you back your legal fees, right?
2: No, they did not. They should.
3: (laughs) No, I think they should. I think the mayor is absolutely correct. This is. I find it very disturbing that they they did this. I mean, it's in search of a crime. We don't know what the crime is, but we're going to search for it. Well, Stalin said that. Show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Wasn't that the quote, Mr. Mayor?
2: Yeah, and that is exactly what a general warrant is all about and the British did it to us in the 18th century. They would have these bills of attainder and, and the, they'd come in and they could search your whole place. And, take, and if they found something, you were in trouble. And Madison and Hamilton wrote it right into the Constitution. The bill of attainder is unconstitutional, right in the Constitution. And then in the Fourth Amendment, they made it necessary to be specific about items. It says it right in the words. It must be specific as to items. So what are they doing going into Mrs. Trump's bedroom for?
3: And the son. What about the son's and bedroom? The son.
2: I mean, come on. come on. And this, this is a dispute over documents that they have all the time. He, what, what, they're not suggesting he did anything bad with these other than maybe maybe they're saying he was negligent or something.
3: Well, if that's the standard, how come that standard wasn't applied to another presidential candidate a number of years ago when some thirty one thousand documents went missing and the computers were destroyed.
2: Honestly, every president has has done this. Barack Obama still has classified documents that he's supposed to digitize. And what is it, ten years later and he still hasn't done it? And he hasn't done anything bad with them, so nobody makes a big deal out of it.
3: This was a a um, frankly, a minor a minor dispute. If they thought that there was top secret information, that was a national security issue, they could have gone in and say, We're very concerned about that. And his lawyers were negotiating with them. That's the biggest surprise of all. They had, there was a grand jury convened. They had produced documents already, Mr. Mayor. Yeah, Why know, did they have I to know, go in with a search warrant?
2: I know his lawyers. They are very legitimate. And uh, if they just asked for something, same thing was true with me. My lawyer, Bob Costello told the Southern District, he'll come in, he'll answer any questions, he'll give you any documents you wanted. Uh, They came in, they did their whole big search, and finally that's what we did. I sat down with them for four hours, and I explained it to them. But it took a year and a half to do that.
3: You think it's a coincidence that's right before the uh, midterm elections? No.
2: No, I mean, I think they're, they're, uh, unfortunately, I think the Justice Department, main justice, And the top of the FBI, and I want to be careful, like John was, we're talking about the top of the FBI. We're not talking about those wonderful agents in New York or Chicago or Boston. Have become total politicians.
1: Well, that's what I said. But they take orders. They're they're responsible to take orders from the Department of Justice, who is politically appointed. And if the top of the FBI feels... If they feel that it was that something is wrong, then they should have the courage to stand up and say, to the to the Congress, to uh, to all Americans, this is wrong. This is what's going on. That's- and if you and if you want to fire me, fire me. But I got to tell the truth. Yeah, but that's why they I give mean, him a ten-year term.
2: But that isn't so unusual, John. I I worked I worked for President uh, Reagan for, for eight years, and then I was trump's lawyer i said no to them at times i mean the president would say can i do this i won't tell you which one because it's privilege and i would say no you can't it's it's uh it's wrong it's against the law they they didn't fight they said well yeah thank you look they're not lawyers neither reagan nor trump were lawyers how are they supposed to know the law and in each in each case whenever i either i did it or i was there when somebody else did it they they It's not that hard to do. Even when they get angry, it's not that hard to do. You just do it.
1: You're absolutely right. And uh, it's it's very sad that they were put in that position. I I mean, we we talked about this morning, uh, the only attorney general that ever went to jail was John Mitchell during the Nixon administration because his wife turned him in, I think. Right. Well, she went around talking to all the reporters. She'd have a couple of
3: drinks or more. (laughs) And then she'd run over the reporters, and that's how they got the, uh, the inside track
1: on the investigation. Well, Watergate started with that, if I recall correctly. I, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Look, I, I never met uh, the attorney general. I don't know him. You guys know him at all? Mitchell? I don't know him. I, kn- I knew John Mitchell. No, no, I, no, the, uh, um, no, the, no the current no, one. No,
2: no I, I don't know him. In fact, when he was up for being a judge, although, look, I understood the politics of it, I, I kind of thought he was a pretty good
1: choice. A lot of people said that he was a good choice for, you know, for justice of the Supreme Court. And, and he was very a well regarded. He's very well Wasn't regarded he? on the circuit. was
2: John? I thought he was, yeah.
1: And, and, and right now, a lot of people are, are, are saying that there's something <laughs> wrong. We used to say there's something rotten in Denmark. Now we're saying there's something rotten in uh, Washington. <laughs> and uh, I, I think the, uh, the American people want honesty and, and justice, equal justice for all. And that's what uh, that's what our uh, we went for the revolution in 1776 was all about, equal justice for all.
2: Yeah, I mean, the the role of the attorney general is when necessary to say no to the president because the president, whoever he is, even if he's a lawyer, he's not going to know all of the law. None of us know all of the law. It's too damn complicated.
1: Well, Joe Biden is not a lawyer, right? I don't think well, so. Well, he was, but I mean, was he? it's
2: questionable I, how he got through law school. That's a well, whole I, big... He keeps,
3: saying, he keeps saying he graduated top of his class, except... For <laughs> But if you do a search, you'll find out he was at the bottom.
2: Maybe. He was. In fact, his, his one of his classmates worked for me as his chief of staff. And one day he walked in my office and he said to me, Joe is now last in the class. And I said, how could that be? It was at, at Syracuse Law School. You graduated 15 years ago. He said, the guy who was last just dropped dead.
1: Oh. <laughs> you can't I mean, make this up.
2: Uh, Joe, but I mean, Joe, and, and who knows? Come on. We got to be honest. Who knows how much she's got left. Right. I mean,
3: Look, if I if I were Judge Garland, I would deeply regret having taken this appointment as attorney general under these circumstances. I would have stayed on the sec on the D.C. circuit happily rather than you, go through this. You
2: wonder, you wonder if deep down somewhere he doesn't say that. I bet he does.
1: Rudy, uh, we have Miranda Devine coming up in a few minutes. I please stay on. To
2: today. She's got a great article today. Ask well, I mean, please
1: stay on if you'd like to. Yeah, I uh, there's, there's one thing. Uh, she enlightened
2: a- me about something that happened in that article that I, I didn't realize.
1: Well, let's take let's take a break. or take a couple of minutes, and Miranda's going to come on at 420.
2: She's
0: terrific.
1: Let's take that break. It's
0: Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: This is John Katzimatidis. We are substituting uh, for uh, uh, Jack, James (laughs) Golden. And see, I I keep, I'm very bad at names. And uh, in the studio with me is uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. On the line is Mayor uh, Rudy Giuliani. And uh, I believe we have uh, the top story of the day, front page of the uh, New York 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 Post. Post. We got Miranda Devine. Miranda, are you there? Yes. Hi, John. Hi, Richard. Hi. Hi. How many front pages have you had in your career? <laughs> oh, uh, I, it's been a very long career. <laughs> okay, and more, to, and more to come. Yes, I hope so. Tell, tell, tell all New Yorkers, and I'm sure you've been telling it during the day, but, you know, we got a new audience uh, every couple of hours, uh, why you made the front, pa- front page of the New York Post, which is the fourth largest paper uh, in the country.
5: Yeah, look, um, John, this is a really important story and uh, I'm glad that people are reading it because, uh, you know, it's complex. But in one sense, it's very simple. It's the story about how the FBI buried the Hunter Biden story before the election. And it wasn't just the laptop that they buried uh, that they had had in their possession since December 2019. It was also the testimony uh, and the evidence that Tony Bobolinski brought to them uh, in October of 2020. And uh, he was a very credible and is a very credible witness. Uh, you know, a much decorated former naval officer with top national security clearances um, from the NSA. And, and who did he bring it to? He brought this material to the FBI because he trusted the FBI and he wanted the American people, because he's a patriot just like Rudy Giuliani, he wanted the American people to know the full character of Joe Biden, one of the candidates for president, before they voted. And that's exactly what Rudy Giuliani wanted to do. And Tony Bobolinski completely separate to Rudy with the laptop, he had his own knowledge of the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, Jim Biden influence peddling racket around the world because he was one of of Hunter's business partners in the big Chinese deal that they were trying to do with CFC. So uh, he had met with Joe Biden twice. He knew that Joe Biden was the big guy that they referred to in code when they were talking about giving him 10% of, you know, a cut of one of these Chinese joint ventures. 10% for the big guy, the big guy was Joe Biden. And Tony Bobulinski knew that because that was the way they talked. Uh, And he had WhatsApp messages and other encrypted material on his phone and documents. And in those documents... You could the 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 hunters business partners are all talking to each other, and they're saying at one stage, don't ever mention Joe by name because they're really paranoid about that. You know, basically so, using so, so,
1: euphemisms. So to make it simple for our audience, because I always like it simple, Tony Obolensky was an NSA agent. Is part of our. No, no, no.
5: Where was no, he's he? He's a businessman. He's a, a businessman. businessman. He's a business businessman.
1: He, okay
5: naval veteran, and mm-hmm. so he had an NSA security clearance showing that he's a very trustworthy man.
1: And he admitted to the FBI that uh, uh, he had documents in the, uh, on behalf of what was going on, and uh, he wanted to, to tell the truth. Is that what it comes down to? And the FBI took the documents and never did anything about it? And never put them exactly. in before a grand let, let her answer. Let's see. Yeah. Exactly. So – You know, on October 14,
5: 2020, uh, we at the New York Post published uh, some pretty damning emails, including a big guy email and and another Burisma email um, on the front page of the New York Post. Immediately within hours, big tech censored us. So Tony Bobolinsky saw that. Who took it off? Big
1: tech, Twitter, and Facebook. Oh well, yeah. Well, you, you got to keep it simple. Don't forget the American people listening don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes the Twitter took it off and Facebook took it off uh, of the internet uh, and uh, blocked blocked the fourth largest newspaper in the world, the New York Post. Exactly, and Tony Bobolinski saw that. So he decided to hold a press conference
5: and tell what he knew because he knew that the stories that we had published were correct. So he held a press conference. CNN, none of these people covered it. Then he went to the FBI and he had a five-and-a-half-hour interview with them. He told them everything about the China grift, about the millions of dollars that were coming to the Bidens. Uh, he told them about a barisma in Ukraine. He told them about Romania. Five-and-a-half hours, the young agents that took his statement, their jaws are on the floor, uh, and uh, he never heard from them again. He gave them the contents of three phones... Never heard from them again. Are they available?
1: And Are they still with the FBI? We
5: presume so. They've just gone into the same black hole at the FBI that Hunter Biden's laptop has gone.
3: But I'm still, Miranda and Mr. Mayor, I'm so amazed that with that kind of live witness, plus the documents, that they didn't put him into a grand jury.
2: Uh, amazed? It's, uh, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. I mean, uh, first of all, to preserve his testimony, exactly. uh, uh, Judge. I mean, for, as a as a prosecutor, the first thing I think about when I hear that is uh, somebody could get to him, somebody could intimidate him. God forbid, somebody could kill him. You or might he, fall, dies. You he might die. might fall out of a window. His
1: got of a well, window. no, Putin has a different way. You fall out of a hospital window on the <laughs> right. 25th floor.
2: I, uh, Miranda, I don't. get uh, You know, it's obvious. I just don't get it. But I I had a similar experience with Bob Costello and I, in late january of 2020 visited the u.s attorney in pittsburgh at the request of Barr. we spent five hours and we gave them the results of my two and a half year long investigation this is before the hard drive including at that time a witness in ukraine a woman who worked for burisma who claimed she was in fear of her life and she could give up the biden the joe biden offshore bank accounts Wow, and the F- FBI agents there and the U.S. attorney, and Bob could tell you the exact. same was salivating for it, the way my old prosecutors used to salivate for evidence like that. And they were so excited, they called uh, Bob back three or four times. Nothing ever happened. I don't know what happened to the woman. Every time hmm. we called back, we couldn't get a return call. It just hmm. got buried. It got buried.
5: And that's got to be coming right from the well, maybe not Christopher Ray, but certainly pretty close to the top, don't you think, Rudy?
2: Has to be. I mean, I, I think. Well, I think, I mean, I well, I think we have, have think no
1: clue Wray. how high up. But but if the White House is calling the shots, they go directly to the Attorney General, which is their appointee.
2: Hundred uh, percent. I mean, Barr is the one who set up the, the meeting. He had to have made the decision.
1: This is yeah. sc- this is scary stuff, and. Uh, And the fact is, I think the American people are entitled to the truth. And uh, what's happened is, what's happened is that uh, under, you know, following uh, uh, President Biden taking oath of office, the American people have been losing from day one. Day one, the American people have been losing the price of oil, uh, the borders, uh, the, fentanyl, you know, the fentanyl has killed 140,000 people in the last 12 months. That is more than Vietnam and Korea put together. Let's say it very slowly. Uh, <laughs> fentanyl has killed 140,000 people, delivered by the Chinese to the Mexicans. The Mexicans bringing it up to the United States killed 140,000 Americans. That's twice, double. Double uh, uh, more, no more than uh, Vietnam and Korea put together. So, are we at war? What's going on here? The,
3: the open borders are the most dangerous thing in my lifetime. But what, what say both of you, Miranda
5: and Mr. Mayor? Well, well look, Miranda, Dad. Yeah, look, I, I, I just think that um, in this country, the security bureaucracy has become much too powerful it's more powerful than the people's elected representatives in congress more powerful than the president it's a shadow government of its own there's no accountability there's no transparency we just have no idea what they're doing they are a law unto themselves and i just don't think that anyone is safe until that is somehow remedied. I, I don't I wanna,
1: know how. I want to finish this conversation. Miranda, can you stay on? I'm going to take a break sure. for two minutes. Let's take that break for two minutes, and, and uh, Miranda Devine and Rudy Giuliani, and we'll, we'll be back in two minutes. This
0: is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: This is John have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. In the, in the studio, on the phone, we have uh, um, for, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, And uh, Miranda Devine, New York Post, front-page story, and we're trying to get it all out. And so every New Yorker, every American within the sound of our voice uh, knows what the heck is going on. Let let me ask uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, the the U.S. attorney in Pittsburgh, did they make records of all of this? Did they make a file? I'm
2: sure they they were— the FBI were taking notes, which usually end up being what they call 302s. Those are the things you can get prosecuted for if you don't tell the truth. That's what they use to prosecute uh, General Flynn. Uh, Bob and I kept notes, and I gave them a very, very uh, detailed outline, uh, almost like a report. Must have been 80 pages or 70 pages and we went through the whole thing i mean it was a very i remember it was a very cold day and it was we were worried we wouldn't get back at night cuz the snow was coming down and uh, and and we came uh, bob and i left enthusiastic we say finally somebody's taking us seriously it'd been a year of trying to get somebody to do something with it uh pompeo wouldn't do a damn thing he did the same thing he buried it a year, uh, half year earlier
1: and Miranda, uh Whoa. What else would you like to tell all Americans? And and I mean, because all we want is the truth. That's all we want. We don't, you know, we, I don't have, I have a zero agenda in life uh, on this other than the truth.
5: I agree. And look, I, I think that we just shouldn't lose sight of the fact that there are heroes among us, including one on the phone, uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, and. Tony Bobolinski and also John Paul Mac Isaac, who was the MacBook repair shop owner. Uh, you know, all every one of them has suffered and been persecuted for their courage uh, and their patriotism coming forward. Much easier not to come forward and just have a quiet life. Um, and, you know, Mayor Giuliani was actually raided by the FBI and then they gave back all his devices a year later and never charged him. It's the process that's the punishment. And, uh, you know, I just think that Americans ought to um, be very grateful. We all should be very grateful to these heroes.
1: Especially sometimes where uh, leaks are coming out of Washington. <coughs> Le- yeah. Leaks that shouldn't happen. And they go directly <laughs> to the New York Times. And, and the Washington Post. And the whole world thinks they're right because, oh, they must be right. It's in the New York Times. I mean, it's just very, very sad what's happened to our country.
3: And it was particularly disturbing to me is then you have the president of the United States gives a speech the other night, in which he throws around the term "fascist" for anybody who opposes his
1: political agenda. I mean, it's frightening that they're doing that. Now, let me ask uh, uh, Mayor Giuliani. Uh, what do you? You know, look. You've been in law enforcement all your life. Uh, you were in a U.S. Attorney's office. Uh, tell us what do you think the next step is going to should be and uh, whether uh, it's, it should be uh, Christopher Ray from the head of the FBI or or the department of justice uh, uh Mr. Barrett, or uh, I don't know who else i mean i don't think yeah, the, the don't, president know, of I, the united states is going to do anything
2: i just don't think it's uh, feasible that biden is going to clean it up just, no he's not going to i don't, clean don't think up, he's going to do it first, first thing they do is appoint a special prosecutor to the prosecutor I mean, right. The the first thing that needs to be done is, look, I think Miranda would agree with this. We all talk about it as Hunter Biden's hard job. This case is really about Joe Biden.
6: Mm -hmm.
2: He was the guy all the money was being generated for, not for Hunter. Hunter explains it. He says, I gave 50 percent to my dad for 30 years. I mean, these China wasn't paying for 30 million dollars for Hunter Biden. Are they stupid? So the
1: Chinese are definitely not stupid. No, they are not
2: stupid, unfortunately. They're right? smart
3: people. So what's so going on, Mr. Mayor, what's going on with the, uh, the grand jury investigation in Delaware?
2: Who knows? It's go- I mean, maybe Four it'll years? Go
3: on a- Four years? Well, how about the other guy? Oh, the Durham. Uh, Durham. I
2: mean, a Durham. I mean, Durham is going to uh, be there into the next century, I think.
1: Well, are, are, are somebody threatening them that their entire career is gone if they uh, come up with anything? Or they'll, you know, never, the, they'll never get a job at a big law firm again? or uh, Yeah, that's, uh, that, I mean, that one,
2: that one you, you hit it on the nail. On the I head know, on
1: Alan Dershowitz talk, talks about Dershowitz, it all the time. Dershowitz, Dershowitz. I mean, Dershowitz, Dershowitz talks Dershowitz. about it all the time.
2: Yeah, I've had, I had people working for me, lawyers working for me, who had to leave. I'll tell you, one young professor at a very distinguished law school, who had been the professor of the year because he was defending lifers who weren't treated properly in prison. They gave him an award. Two years later, they fired him because he was helping Jay Sekulow and I on the impeachment defense. They fired him.
1: By the way, uh, I understand uh, 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 Mr. Dershowitz has said a lot of firms – a lot of lawyers don't want to work on these cases because they've been threatened that they'll never have another job in their lives as far as the big firms are concerned. Alan, but we, we have to move on. But yeah, I want to yeah. thank uh, Miranda Devine. Oh, he, oh, you know, you she's should... an American with an Australian she accent. Unbelievable. She's unbelievable. an American hero. And uh, thank you for everything you do. And, Rudy, uh, please stay on. I want you to hear the next oh, interview. Uh, we have the former uh, uh, assistant secretary of the Air Force, and he's got some uh, good stuff. And uh, uh, and uh, judge, let's uh, let's we'll move on. Miranda, thank you, thank you, Miranda. thank, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, all. God bless. And now we have the former Assistant Secretary of the Air Force. Uh, went uh, uh, to West Point, uh, one smart guy, and he's concerned about our country. Uh, Ty McCoy, tell us what's your big. Uh, you have a few concerns. What's your biggest concern first? You got Judge Richard Weinberg here. You have Mayor Rudy Giuliani and myself, John Katzmanitis. Go ahead, Ty.
7: Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, having me on the show today at CATS and all your wonderful guests of great patriots. And my, my greatest concern right now is uh, what appears to be the attitude of, of people in power, whether they're in the United States or in, in Turkey uh, or, in, or in Russia. We have uh, some bully boys uh, that are willing to uh, send signals that uh, if you do something illegal uh, or or worse, uh, you'll be protected. You may be rewarded. If, on the other hand, you're an opponent and you do something that's legal, or if you don't do anything at all, they'll make something up and create a hoax, and you'll be blamed, uh, indicted, raided. And so it's a breakdown of uh, law and ethics uh, at the highest level. And if that continues, it will undermine the faith of the populace and and voting will be considered uh, no way to to make a change in the country. And that will lead to a lot of uh, complex and and civil uh, concerns that that could spill over into uh, problems. We do have concerns
1: about what's going on in Washington right now. And like I said before, we used to say something's rotten in Denmark. Now we say something's rotten in Washington.
7: Well, indeed it is. It's been uh, growing over time, but it seems to have picked up speed, uh, starting in, in uh, the Obama administration. Uh, of course, it's always been here. There's always been lobbyists. There's always been backroom deals. There's always been uh, things that have been done that are, frankly, illegal, unethical, uh, and and so forth. And we've been able to pull back from those and make changes. at Time,
1: McCoy, we've got about six, seven minutes left. Give me the other ones that you're concerned about so we all have it on the table and all the American people know about it.
7: Okay. Well, the the great uh, hollowing out of the FBI, of course, is one of our greatest concerns with the cover-up of the laptop, the Russian collusion hoax, infiltration of the January 6th demonstration, the raid on Trump. A few of the things we, we know about. Apparently, they have forgotten their oath uh, to the Constitution over there, and, and now their oath, apparently, is to the Democratic Party. So this is a very sad and very uh, dangerous uh, development. The other one uh, is the wokeness in the military. We're finding that uh, parents are telling their children, uh, don't join the military. Uh, They're pulling them out of public schools. Basically, you have a lot of people in the country that are losing faith in the major uh, institutions of the country, and they're pulling themselves uh, aside. I hope they won't Uh, pull themselves so far aside that they fail to get to the ballot box, which is where they need to get to to make changes. Uh, As far as uh, Ukraine, Ukraine is liable to turn into a very long-term war like World War I. Uh, People in the trenches, people firing back and forth. Uh, The only way that uh, either side uh, can uh, break through is to uh, engage in a, a bit of escalation. Escalation uh, might come from desperation, and that can lead to uh, very, you know, know, huge unintended consequences with with nuclear weapons. So I think this is going to be a very long war as the world rearranges itself, and the Russians become uh, aware they cannot have a Eurasian uh, empire. They're mainly starting to side with all the the bad guys in the world, uh, China, Iran, uh, North Korea, and trying to develop a whole uh, separate uh, global system uh that can confront uh, those that would would uh, you know be more favorable to democracy and human rights
1: the the russians have shut off gas uh you know they say they have a problem with the pipeline which is a lot of uh, a lot of crap i can say <laughs> the word crap uh you know uh, uh and it it, it it took the financial markets on uh for a loop on uh friday um what is Putin up to? What do you, what's your gut? How many years were you in the military and uh, and then served as secretary of the Air Force?
7: Well, I was in the military uh, for uh, nine years, and then I was uh, out at CIA and DIA and then at the White House and the National Security Council, and then I became assistant secretary and acting secretary of the Air Force. So I spent a total of 25 years and retired. Uh, And went out and worked in the defense industry and venture capital and consulting and continue to do so Uh, So I've seen the uh, behavior of the uh, enemies, the adversaries of democracy around the world And and been in uniform and otherwise uh, arraying ourselves against them And I've also seen the failure of our policymakers in many cases to confront the truth And uh, to tell the truth and to recognize the truth and tell the American people and instead, they, they subvert uh, the, the information. Uh, they don't tell the truth. They don't prepare the American people to face the sacrifice and, uh, that they need. And, and now that used to be more of a problem. Now we, we actually have graduated to a whole different level where we have the elites in our country uh, not, just, uh, not just hiding the fact of what our adversaries are doing. But in some cases, they have fallen prey and fallen into league with some of the adversaries and in effect are helping them by, you know, various means and various payoffs and various schemes that are uh, being uh, put forward by our very clever adversaries.
3: It's it's absolutely frightening to believe that there's a war going on and there's a nuclear plant that's at risk. And what do we do about that?
7: Well, you're right. It's it's one way. Another way the Russians can threaten everyone with nuclear uh, materials. You know, one, they have a nuclear plant that they've surrounded and they can uh, have it shut down and release radiation across uh, much of uh, uh, Europe. And, and of course, hurting themselves, the Ukrainians uh, hurting Western Europe, uh, potentially uh, hurting us. Uh, Then they have, uh, you know, the nuclear weapons, uh, battlefield nuclear weapons, strategic nuclear weapons uh, that they can uh, have uh, released and, and used. And wave around as a threat. So, the best we can do is to be very, very careful uh, with uh, and have as uh, much conversation as we can about the dangers of this uh, the nuclear plant and the like as it affects both uh, Russia uh, and everybody else because it is a, a dangerous situation. We saw that with Chernobyl. And uh, I hope that there are some people on the the uh, Russian side who realized that uh, flirting with danger we like this is We have time bad. for
1: one more question uh, because we're going to have to take okay. another break. Uh, you are you afraid we're losing all the top military officers mm-hmm. in the military because they are distressed about the world culture going on and being pushed. And uh, we're not getting enough recruits. Tell us that. We've got about a minute left.
7: Okay, thank you, Katz. Yes, indeed. Many of the uh, boards and panels that meet in the, in the Pentagon uh, for selection criteria are, are selecting out colonels uh, that they think are not uh, properly uh, devoted to the activist cause. So they're trying to prevent uh, very good colonels from getting promoted to general officer and admirals and so forth in order to have a woke military at the top. And at the bottom, they're trying to uh, inculcate this woke and, and crazy progressive uh type of theology and ideology at the military academies, and they're trying to cover it up and claim that they aren't doing it when they've been caught uh, red-handed doing it. So uh, many of of the junior officers now, as well as the junior enlisted persons, are afraid to speak up. They're trying to find out about them on social media, where they drink, what kind of flags they have, who they talk to, Uh, they're being spied on, and people are becoming frightened uh, to even uh, wow. announce wow. that they're wow. they're pro American or they, wow. they believe in uh, you know the uh, New York Giants, you know they they make a fuss about that's uh, Time. anti uh, American.
1: Yeah. Time, McCoy, thank you, but we're going to talk wow. again later this week. And uh, Rudy, that's a real wow, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I'd like to know what to do. What do we do about this? Well, I mean, we got to straighten out Washington.
2: Yeah, we gotta that's all. To I to
1: Washington. mean, we're uh, before people voting in November. There's got to be, you know, they've got to think of who is going to keep our city uh, uh, straight and who's going to keep Washington uh, even keel. Yeah, and gonna... you
3: have to have a U.S. Senate that can
1: investigate this. You're now right. we got be- really to take... clean it out. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Ty McCoy. And let's take a break. And when we're coming back, there's problems in New York. Vito Fisella has something. The borough president of Staten Island wants something to say about that. Let's do that.
0: This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Well, we're back. And now with us today uh, is Vito Fisella, the borough president of, uh, of uh, Staten Island, the great borough president of Staten Island. And it was a great island. Uh, Vito, you're concerned about a lot of things happening in our city. And uh, you want to, this Labor Day weekend, you want to say something about it. Tell us, Vito.
8: Well, it's great to be with you, John. Thank you. And, you know, the significance of Labor Day is more maybe just the end of the summer. But in our experience, um, you know, people are getting their kids back to school, whether it be college or getting ready to start elementary school, high school, and people begin to sort of refocus. And from a political point of view, I think people get more concentrated on issues that affect them every single day um, leading up to the election. In November, I think that's by historical standards, uh, the way we should look at it. And I think people are gonna be getting more engaged. And frankly, right now, a lot of the things that should be moving in a good direction are moving in the wrong direction, whether it's crime on the streets, the random acts of violence in the middle of the day. We see it every day, not just almost every day. Every day we see something. It means innocent people getting hurt. Uh, I think the philosophy or the psychology of these people making decisions is just wrong. You know, just a couple of years ago, gas prices were half of what they were now. Mortgage rates were about a half of what they were. Inflation was about one eighth. These are the things that affect people every single day. And there are folks in office who just seem oblivious to, to the negative impact they're having. And my hope is that people become more focused, not just on the politics of it, not on the witch hunts that are clearly occurring, but the impact that these decision makers have. Whether you live in Staten Island or New York or across the country, there are real consequences, and we could do better. We should be doing better, and frankly, right now, we're not.
1: Uh, And and, and there's so many other things happening. Uh, We talked about congestion pricing, how uh, it's going to hurt your borough, Staten Island, but it's going to hurt Brooklyn. It's going to hurt Queens. It's going to hurt every borough. It's going to kill Manhattan.
8: Yeah, a congestion pricing is just another right a boondoggle of, of people who just haven't figured out a way to spend money appropriately. So they figure, let me let me take one more. But it, and it's just more than that. I, the folks who are making these decisions at a local level, it's the same fundamental philosophy at the national level and the international level. It's it's not let's focus on the free market. It's let's figure out how we can take more money out of people's pockets. And there's an anti-car culture, frankly that exists and it's a way to get people, a desire to get people out of their cars as much as possible and deny them the freedom that they deserve. So yeah, congestion pricing will be bad, not only for Staten Island, but I believe bad for this region and it should be opposed at every level.
1: Uh, we agree 100%. Uh, what else would you like to tell? We've got two minutes left before we have to take the break for the 5 o'clock hour.
8: I, I, most importantly we have to have hope that we can turn this this place around the city and in this country, uh, I, we've, we've proven it once before and we can do it again. And it's up to the people who are sort of seeing not just the craziness of these and the political witch hunts, as I mentioned, but the consequences that exist on their everyday lives. Inflation matters. It can be reduced. Mortgage rates matters. They should come down. Gas prices affect people every single day. They should come down crime is rampant people are out on the street 17 18 19 year olds by the time it's five o'clock they're out to commit one more crime and that all those things can be stopped and they can be stopped by putting different people in office who feel the way we do stand up for the law-abiding citizens of this city and state and say we're not going to take it anymore as you say regularly John we're sick and tired and we're not going to take it anymore and the people have the power come election day to make those choices and i just urge them to to really look at what's happening here and to to seek a positive change
1: i we agree 100% judge uh, or uh, is Rudy Giuliani or Mayor Giuliani? I'm, Salon? I'm I'm here. Any questions for uh for, you know, what's the
2: number, what uh, what's the number one priority in this election? I mean, it always comes down to that. And uh, what, what do you I think
8: see it's as the economy? As, uh, in, in New York State, I think it's a combination of crime and the economy. Yeah. And Rudy Giuliani is Exhibit A of a person who took control of a situation that's New York City in 1993 that everybody thought was an ungovernable city, and he turned it around. And I was lucky enough to serve by his side in the city council. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have you, it, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. But you're the guy. You're the guy. And people, I remember hearing after hearing, and they said people are going to be dying on the streets. And when you reform welfare, they said they're going to be dying on the streets. And you turn the city around. So that's why I it hope. It can be done. Absolutely. 100%. It can be done. And that's why we're standing up. And, John, God bless you for providing a venue and a forum for those of us oh, thank who you. feel that way.
1: Thank you, Vito. And we're going to be back at the 5 o'clock hour right after the news, and we're going to have Bill O'Reilly is calling in. And we have so many problems. We need Bill O'Reilly's common sense to tell us what the heck we're going to do. Uh, let's take that uh, break and the news break right now.
0: It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: This is Cats at Night, and uh, today's Labor Day. We're running on a skeleton crew. It's me and... Judge Weinberg here in, uh, in in the studio and got we got Rudy Giuliani on on uh, Comrex uh, uh, on the phone and uh, calling in we have well one of our great stars uh, Bill O'Reilly and bill this uh, thank you for calling in today on the holiday and but I said to you there's so many problems in the world where do you want to start well I think the uh,
9: situation with the master being appointed to oversee the FBI document seizure at Trump's residence is the big story today. Uh, this will make it harder for the Justice Department to indict Donald Trump. They want to do that. I know that's certain. They I've want to invest- take him out
1: of 2024. They want to take him out.
9: Well, yeah, but they want it, it's now a blood feud between uh biden and trump and so that's what this is now um it's all being generated by the white house america doesn't want any part of this because he could really uh blow up the whole thing could blow up
1: so um they on john mitchell and nixon administration
9: yeah i mean this could really uh it it's very complicated and I don't want to bore everybody with the, with the details. I'll have them at 9 o'clock tomorrow night, Tuesday night, um, where we're going to go through this um, in a very micro way on Common Sense on WABC. But the big story is this. The FBI usually sends in a taint team before they make a raid like this involving a, a public official. They did not do that. All right. I re- I was the first one to report this, You may remember, a couple of weeks ago. Yes, I the remember. Team, yeah, did not go in. So now the Justice Department is saying, well, we we signed the team team after the fact. So uh, we got the documents. We brought them back to Washington uh, or wherever they are. But I think it's Washington. And, and now a team team is going over. Well, any federal judge would say no. That you blew it. You didn't do the right thing. I'm sure Judge Weinberg would agree with me. Can't do it after the fact.
6: You know, the whole
9: point of having documents you
6: shouldn't have.
3: That's right. And the idea, and the mayor can comment on this as well based on his experience as U.S. Attorney, but the idea that they're not winking at each other and sharing information internally, Justice Department,
1: the FIs administration. We lost somebody. Did we lose the mayor or did we lose Bill O'Reilly? I'm here, John. Okay, we'll get Bill O'Reilly back and, and uh, I'm here, make sure. I'm here. Oh, Bill, you there? I'm so, here. I, I just yeah. okay. Sure. Let's, yeah, the let's, normal let's...
2: John. The, yes. normal, the, normal, way, the normal way you do that is, if the FBI is going to take it, which is in my case they did, they isolate it immediately. In other words, they never look at it. Exactly. And then they bring in and then and they sign an affidavit saying they will. And I trusted them but they didn't. And then they bring in, they go to a judge, and you agree on a master. So the FBI will take the documents, put them in a secure location, not look at the documents at all, uh, they keep them in a safe, and then you bring in, you have an argument in court, you agree on a master, and the master comes yeah, in. Yeah, but
1: the FBI has, uh, has already said they've looked they, at well, all of them. In this case, they already through it. Didn't do they that. Went through Bill the that.
9: Right.
3: Sure. That's why Bill is right.
9: That's why Bill is right. procedure particularly with the president. It's different with a president? Because the president has special privilege um, among not only his personal attorneys, but his counsel in the White House. So there are privilege documents. Anyway, look, the, not to get caught up in illegalism here, but there's a strong case that the Trump lawyers would be able to have the whole search thrown out. That kills any prosecution of Donald Trump. So that's where this is headed now. The first step is the judge appoints a master. He slows everything here. She slows everything down. The master looks at the documents in um, that the FBI already has, and and as you rightly pointed out, John, the FBI's seen it all.
1: They admitted it.
9: It's seen it all. Okay, which they shouldn't. That's against the law. So I think this case is done already. But that is a guess on my part.
1: The other revelation that we came up with, uh, Miranda Devine and, and with uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, when Rudy went to the Pittsburgh uh, U.S. Attorney's Office and turned over all the documents on, what was it, Rudy, on the computer?
2: Yeah, all the documents that uh, we had compiled. It was about an 80-page outline of all the documents that exist uh, and, and videos that would be evidence in a trial against Joe Biden, not just Hunter Biden.
1: And, and then that, was, and that just died?
2: But, well, yeah, and not only that, there was a witness in Ukraine who wanted to, wanted to be part of the witness protection program. She claimed to have uh, the information with regard to the offshore bank accounts that Burisma utilized. She was the wife of the former owner who had been killed, so she was quite credible. And the US attorney was very, very anxious to get her. That lasted about two weeks, and then the U.S. attorney lost interest, and you couldn't reach him again.
1: Well, I guess he didn't want to lose his job, but he didn't want to get not get another yeah. job no, in a, any other law firm. Uh, and, and I'll ask all the you know, judge, and I'll ask Rudy, uh, what could be done in a case like this where you knew you turned it over to the U.S. attorney— Uh, Can you ask for a special prosecutor? Can you ask for uh, a master? I mean, I'm only an honorary lawyer. I have no clue.
3: (laughs) No, that's why you have for legislative investigation and oversight. You need to have independent branch. So, in other words, if you don't have the Congress
1: or the Senate. You lose. You lose. It gets buried forever. You agree with that, Oh, my God.
2: Well, I mean, the reality is he turned it over to Durham, and Durham buried it.
1: And, 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 and Bill O'Reilly, you're going to be doing a study on this on your Tuesday uh, Bill O'Reilly report on That's WABC at 9 issues, o'clock? Though. It's two
9: separate issues. Yes. The one issue is the Trump rate, which it looks to me right now, and I know this to be true, the Trump lawyers are setting this up to be suppressed, that the whole thing would be thrown out. That's what the Trump lawyers, because they know the Justice Department wants to indict Trump, but no impartial. I believe in about, a,
1: on a scale of one to ten, it's a nine. It's going to be thrown out.
9: I don't. I wouldn't say that. I think, in my humble opinion, I'm not an attorney, not smart enough to go to law school. Um, <laughs> I think it will be suppressed. The other issue though. you're talking about is the Hunter Biden. But that also extends into the Supreme Court leaker and it extends into the Durham Russian collusion, where it is pretty apparent people paying attention that the FBI does not want to solve these situations. Let me repeat that. The Federal Bureau of Investigation does not want to solve them. If you can after all these months Find the leaker when you're talking about less than ten people that had access to Alito's files. If you can't do that, you don't want to. So it's two separate stories.
1: Wow. Uh, you, you there was a there was another uh, thing that you were very concerned about, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Uh, what was that? I'm
9: concerned about everything, John. Um, <laughs> On your priority concern, on your your priority concern concern list, an hour. Um, (laughs) What caught my eye was the uh, over the uh, break that I had over Labor Day uh, was a Trafalgar poll that WABC just reported on that most other media did not report on, including the New York Post, which was surprising to me because they favor Zeldin over Hobel. So the New York Post today, uh, in its editions, is still using the Siena poll, which has Hochul out, um, by about 15 points. The Trafalgar poll, which was dead on in the last presidential election, I mean, almost 100 percent, it is a Republican poll. But they have been extremely accurate over the last four or five years. They have the raise five points. Zeldin is 42. Hokel is 47. If that's true, then Hochul's in dire trouble. I don't know if it's true, but that is a big story, once again, pretty much suppressed by the New York local media.
1: Well, what we've been saying is that whom do you trust to keep you safe after November 8th?
9: Well, look, Democrats who continue to vote for permissive secular, far-left representation don't have any argument. I was with a bunch of them over uh, on the beach out in the eastern Long Island, and they just will not change their liberal point of view, no matter how many dead people stack up in the streets of the major cities in New York. They will not change. This is called being Stubborn, and in New York State, we—that's a contagious disease right now,
1: and that's a a very dangerous one, and a very Mm -hmm. dangerous one. Yes, Bill O'Reilly. You know, thank you for calling in this Labor Day, and God bless you, and God bless America. And and uh, I think the American people have to make sure this is not a uh, third world country, and and that's what our mission is—is to to make sure the truth gets out. Thank you so much.
9: Okay, guys. Have a good Labor Day. See you. Bye. Thank you. Take Great care.
1: Labor Day. Uh, and now we have Dr. Peter Michalos, who we pushed off from the previous hour, and he's got some some uh, relevant news on keeping us alive, because if we're not alive, we can't make a difference in the world. Dr. Peter Michalos, tell us about it.
4: Hello, Cat's at Night team. Yes, health is wealth. And today we're going to talk about exciting news and some of the new early detection cancer test, because 600,000 Americans a year die of uh, cancer. And what if you were able to catch cancer much early? Because since when we don't catch cancer early, it's a five-year mortality or death rate is 79%. When you catch it early, the death rate is only 11% over five years. So one of the tests, called the gallery test by Grail, can actually spot 50 different types of cancers in the beginning, before they even show up on an MRI or a scan, and it identifies small particles of DNA in the blood, because most cancers do release that type of blood uh, blood marker. So you, can you mean you mean the cancers
1: effect. take a crap and they show up uh, on on uh, in your blood?
4: Yeah, well they do. They, they shed That's the and simple they way of saying products. it. Well, it's it's pretty fascinating, and imagine that you'd be able to pick up bladder, bone, breast, esophagus, leukemia, liver, lung, melanoma, ovarian, wow. pancreatic, wow. myeloma, <laughs> prostate, vaginal cancer. But some of them, like brain cancer, can't pick up because of the blood-brain barrier shields it from that blood test. So certain. So in other words, your
1: brain pick. is shielded from the rest of the body.
4: It is. It's called the blood-brain barrier, and that protects the uh, brain from uh, a lot of different uh, types of diseases, but it also makes it more resistant, to, like chemotherapy can't pass that blood-brain barrier as well, so it's hard to treat brain cancers and to detect them. The only way we find out are sometimes through physical exam symptoms and imaging of the uh Brain. And uh, this test now in the United Kingdom, they're even doing a trial with 250,000 patients. And if they can find cancers early, it'll save billions of dollars. The problem right now is many of the insurance companies won't cover it. There is actually one um, a Medicare insurance company uh, that does a Medicare Advantage plan that does cover it. So catching things early, your survival rate increases. And other uh, exciting tests that are out there besides the gallery tests. Uh, that are available. Are we, gotta, we have
1: about three more minutes before we have to take, take a break and uh, tell us.
4: Okay, the, the tests you can do are for your gut microbiome. because a lot of people have GI problems. They can actually tell you exactly which organisms are in your uh, gut. Ombre health is one of them and biome health is another one. And they basically take a sample and they'll tell you which bacteria you're low or high and they can customize probiotics. And some people, they found, for example, with anxiety and depression, have low amounts of a bacteria called R. And when we supplement that, they start getting better. Other tests can tell you your biological age. There's one that's going to be coming out soon that's going to be a lot cheaper called TallyHealth.com, T-A-L-L-Y, Health.com. And they'll be able to tell you your biological age. You might be 60, for example, but your biological age might be 64 or it could be 53. And that's done through something called DNA methylation. And another way for people who don't have health insurance or can't afford extensive tests, mylifeforce.com, you can get 40 different blood tests for only $349, which would cost you like $5,000 in a hospital to do it through a regular lab. So it's made it more accessible to more people. So these are some of the things that we have a dashboard now to monitor uh, our health and see what's going on, whether a lot of tests that they normally don't do, like you and I know about mercury level, for example, it's not routinely done. But it is a problem.
1: So. Mercury level and uh, what's the other two, uh, lead level?
4: Lead and arsenic. And
1: arsenic. And uh, yeah. there was a big problem with the New York City, a possible problem uh, with uh, New York City uh, Housing Authority, uh, where they might have had arsenic. And there's, uh, I know my friend over there, Bart Schwartz, B-A-R-T, uh, is looking into it. And uh, and um, we'll know the truth in a couple of days, I guess.
4: Well, we just wanted to update everyone so you can learn more about these things and look them up. We want to keep everyone healthy and think positive and test negative. Rudy Giuliani, any
1: questions for Dr. Mihalos? No, but thank you, doctor. This is really, uh,
2: I mean, I'm I'm the beneficiary of early detection of prostate cancer. Otherwise, I wouldn't be
10: here.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And if you can get the gallery test, you can do it once a year on our birthdays and find out if anything else is brewing. And what's interesting is a lot of times people show up with a cancer and they don't know the origin or what type it was, and they're trying to figure out where it metastasized from. So this will tell you also the origin of the cancer. So it'll tell you if it's so long that metastasized somewhere else because it shows up. And it was developed by a guy whose wife died of breast cancer, and he was working at Google, and he's the one who invested the money and created this company and brought this technology to life, which we'll be hearing a lot uh, more about but well, keep up the great work, thank, thank you. you, guys, and have a great Labor Day weekend.
1: Thank you, thank you, Doctor Peter Mihalos, and we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with Paul Lunsis, uh, who manages money. And today, today, all of a sudden, uh, the Saudi said, "Well, we're reducing our outtake, uh, or offtake, or whatever you want to talk it. Well, we're reducing the amount of oil we're sending," and and all of a sudden this morning uh, went up three dollars a barrel. Five minutes after that happened, and I don't know what to happen, what's going on for the rest of the day, and other market conditions because the market panicked on Friday afternoon when that happened. And let's take a break, and we'll come back with Paul Luntz's
0: Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: We're back, and now we have Paul Luntzis on the phone, and uh, we're going kind of fast because we want to get all the information in here. Paul Luntzis, you heard what I said during the introduction. Uh, The markets went crazy on Friday. Uh, You have any updates for uh, the people, because that will give us a pulse of what's going to happen tomorrow when the markets open.
10: Well, the the market, uh, John, was really reacting positively and doing very, very well. And then Russia... Talked about cutting off gas supplies, and that immediately turned the market, recognizing what that's going to do to pricing uh, in Europe um, and impacting prices globally as well. Um, And that changed everything. So things are really um, very fragile and very volatile, and I think they're going to continue to stay very
4: volatile.
1: And and any indication that? Uh, we're going to depend on what Putin feels like they're what uh, they're doing. I think Putin wants to just panic the market for a few days. The Saudis made an announcement to, uh, this morning, too. Saudis made an announcement that uh, uh, they weren't able to produce what they promised their, uh, Joe Biden they're going to produce. I mean, this is, uh, you know, if they hold back a little bit and make those kind of announcements, oil goes up. And you know who makes the money? United, let me say it slowly, and, and, and uh, Rudy Giuliani, please confirm you're hearing me, too.
2: I, you got, I got you. Right
1: yeah. Here. <laughs> America, America loses. The poor and the middle class in America lose, and Saudi Arabia wins, Russia wins, Absolutely. Iran wins, Venezuela wins, and China's winning. So, you know, what does that tell you? I mean, I, you know, it's crazy what's going on in the world.
2: It looks, it, looks, it looks a little like America first
1: has become America
2: last.
10: What, what's really sad is the reality is most people aren't aware of this. If you look at global the globe and you look at energy production, we are the world leader in oil production around the world with about a 17% market share. Wow. Russia and, both, and Saudi Arabia are both at 12 I mean, people don't know that. And in natural gas, you know, again, same story. United States really leads the world. We have almost 24 percent of natural gas production globally, 24 percent. Russia's number two at 18 and Iran's number three at 5.9. So the, the tragedy is, you know, you need what John always says. You need common sense and balance and experts looking out to 2050 Claim that renewables, even at that time, may only be able to produce 25 to 30 percent of all the energy needs that we're going to need. So you need you need everything: nuclear, gas, oil, renewables. You need
1: everything. I mean, you know what happened today? But Judge, tell tell Paul what happened today. They're shutting down the grid in California. They're telling
3: people don't use electric because they just don't have the capacity to do it. They're the same people who are trying to foister electric cars on everyone. What do you think about that, Paul?
10: You know, California is always so unpredictable. It's very difficult um, to understand where they're coming from and what they're thinking. And I'd also go back to the comments John made on a prior show a couple of days ago when he talked about the coal uh, production. The coal facilities in China, twenty three hundred plants, whatever it was, and they're adding another eleven, twelve hundred. And we're restricted.
1: India. We, in other words, we have our hands tied, uh, and 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 we can't build any coal plants. And we're taking coal plants off, and uh, the American people are paying more and more and more for energy. And China is building another thousand. What is it? Thousand, uh, Paul?
10: Yes. Well, China China is, is dominating. John. They have fifty percent of the world's total for coal, and India's number two at ten percent. But it's really China. The United States is only six percent um, of coal production.
1: So we're um, tying we're, about- we're tying our left testicle to our right ear.
10: Yeah, but it really <laughs> no, it just. But it really it just makes no sense. And again, I understand the climate change issue as best anyone can. And I understand they're trying to balance, you know, energy production and so forth, but it's a global issue, not just a domestic issue. And the other thing is on the balance side, you really need to do it carefully and slowly. There's lots of jobs that could be created. We're the most innovative society on the planet. And what we've done with shale and others is just mind boggling. We'll figure it out. And LNG is another good example, John. We're now the third largest exporter of LNG from nowhere uh, regarding natural gas. So it's making natural gas more of a global commodity like oil, where it was more geographically constrained. LNG, we're building lots of terminals, Chenier in Louisiana, Texas, and elsewhere. I mean, these things cost ten, twenty billion 20000000000 billion. But what's sad is the government should really be, again, more balanced and supporting a broad range of fuels and capabilities and one final point that Judge mentioned, and that is it's not only an economic issue, it's a national security issue. And so it's really disappointing to see that the government's not supporting all these different areas oil, natural gas, renewables. We've
1: got to be self sufficient. Rudy, what say you?
2: Well, I think it's absolutely right. I think there's no point. We were there, we were there barely right uh, before.
1: Uh, We were at 13.2 million barrels a day when Trump was last month in office. We were on our
2: way to a much stronger position over the next couple of years. And uh, within a day, Biden reversed it. I mean, dramatic action, much of it illegal, taken by by mandate, mandates that he's not entitled to do.
10: And And, the other point uh, I would make, uh, uh, Mr. Giuliani, the other point I would make, too, we're supporting enemies. So there's transfers of wealth. I don't believe our country and our people going to Saudi Arabia and Russia Um, and Iran. Iran is next. They do that
3: deal. So Iran Iran is
2: next.
10: We're funding both sides
2: of the Ukrainian war. We're giving Ukraine money and we're giving uh, Russia money for. I mean, we're doing business with Russia, and we're using this them is to crazy. negotiate with Iran. I
1: mean, it's it's crazy. This is crazy. You can't make it up. Well, guys, thank you, uh, Paul, and uh, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon, Paul Luntzis. And we're going to take a break, Thanks, and, and we're going to go straight to Lou Dobbs that has an additional some financial stuff from today. And then when we come back, we got Bert Flickinger that's going to give us what the pulse of what's going on in, on inflation on food and other products like that? Let's take that break.
0: It's cats at night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: We're back and uh, we have a, what a great show we have today. Our ratings are, are terrific considering it's Labor Day and uh, and uh, right now we have Bert Flickinger, who one is one of the smartest consumer uh, uh, people in the country knows where. Well, all the bodies are buried. Those are the real price of Oreo cookies. And uh, Bert Fleckinger, how are you today? Good John, uh good judge Weinberg
11: and the uh, whole team doing it. With, and we have uh, Rudy Pan Giuliani AC on with us
1: job. And and he wants Rudy Giuliani wants to know what the real price of Oreo cookies are. We
11: all do. <laughs> we all do, Bert. <laughs> well, you get, went from 3 to 7 to even higher because none of the Big brand manufacturers are lowering their prices even when there's a little bit of relief in the harvesting part of this crop year to lower commodity
1: prices. What have you heard about what the Russians did with uh, uh, the uh, uh, gas uh, and oil for uh, uh, Europe and what the Saudi Arabia uh, has announced this morning? Because that will eventually affect – well, it affects the price of oil, but it's going to affect eventually the the price of food. The whole delivery chain.
11: Yeah, and and it's double jeopardy because uh, Russia's is prices today, and uh, then uh, we've done some research with uh, Cornell University's College of Engineering that twenty percent of the U.S. energy supplies going offline the rest of this decade between nuclear and coal being decommissioned. So it's, uh, you, Paul, and the judge uh, synthesize so well. China's exponentially building uh new coal facilities. India's doing the same and our energy demand's going up thirty percent while our supply's going down twenty percent. The Russians know it. And, and they're not there was the special master was
1: going China to have authority
10: over the executive privilege.
1: Somebody was talking over each other. Was that you, Rudy? No. No. no,
10: no. no. That
3: came out well,
11: of the guy, that guy, came out of control is, room. It, it's, it's Labor Day, and, and we both have a lot of friends in unions, and the union workers are getting crushed, as are all workers acro- across the country, uh, because they can't keep up with uh, food and, and fuel inflation. And Bloomberg uh, re- reported early, mm-hmm. earlier today uh, that the, co- the cost of uh, rent has uh, gone up 35 to 40%, and, and the cost of housing with mortgages even more. So the voter, the consumer... Uh, the poor and the middle class, as bad as it is now, it's going to be worse next year and even worse in twenty twenty four.
1: The poor and the middle class are getting crushed right now.
11: Hey, absolutely crushed. And uh, wow. and I I was I was on uh, Bloomberg this morning uh, with the, with their energy expert, and he said the Russian situation on on the natural gas and the oil uh, that you and Mister Mayor and and um, uh, Paul Lutzis and the judge are reporting. This is
1: just the John McConville who world. runs our uh, facility, petroleum facilities here on the East Coast. He's president. Uh, just told me the crude oil closed at eighty-eight, eighty-two, up a dollar ninety-five because of what the Saudi Arabians did today.
11: Yeah, and and John, this this weekend coming up is the peak of the hurricane season. We have had zero hurricanes worldwide, so that's going to impair natural gas. Drilling, supply, refining, everything. So oil's going to go up in the back half of the hurricane season. And it's our friends' uh, uh, juve day for our West Indian friends in Guyana and the Car- CARICOM com- com- countries and Central America. And in our work there with Massey Stores, it's the most object uh, poverty you can find any- anywhere in the Western Hemisphere between Guyana, Trinidad, and Tobago and the surrounding West Indian countries they couldn't afford food and fuel before this, and now as they go as they go into uh, winter, summer, uh, it's a worldwide problem that's uh, becoming a crisis that's being unre- unreported in in terms well, of. It, it, uh, it
1: has a circular problem. Me uh, and Rudy Giuliani have been talking to a lot of people about what's going on in Washington, and. Uh, uh, some of the problems that are being created by the White House that, that that's hurting the price of food and hurting the price of oil. This is and, all
3: self-inflicted. And, and
1: and also killing killing people from uh, all that fentanyl coming in from Mexico and self. Hey, all these problems could be solved in about uh, ten days if somebody was responsible uh, uh, doing is in charge.
3: Now, if you had a checklist of a- a- things a- to, a- to do. A- N- G- if you had yeah, a checklist and, and of things to do to make this to country the judge's point,
11: I was on, on with Stephen Short at Bloomberg today, and he, he said uh, the situation, like you synthesized well, uh, could be solved with responsible ex- exploration, production, and raising the standards of living by lowering prices, your common sense solution, John. And nobody's doing it in, in, in either party effectively at, at this point. And it's just sickening uh, the pain uh, that voters and workers and, and um, reta- retailers and ven- vendors are, are all facing because of this financial inflation crisis that's uh, self inflicted and self created across this country.
1: Bert Flickinger, thank you for coming on and thank you for telling the American people the truth. And make sure you let's corner the market on Oreo cookies before they go up more. I want a piece boy, of that boy, action. Boy.
11: I want a piece of that action. Okay, yeah, and John, John, to your
1: point, and, and Cindy uh, Adams wants animal that crackers that we can't forget. High and going higher. You're right. Well, it was we hit a low of eighty six dollars, and don't forget what the uh, Canadian government said to me is that it, it, they they had set seventy five dollars as their goal, and at seventy five dollars, inflation goes away, and food inflation goes away, and the, the, then And the feds don't have to raise the interest rates and put the real estate people out of business.
11: John, Bloomberg's reporting today natural gas, just in the trading in the international countries, went up 11% today, and uh, fertilizer prices went up 11 to 12%. So that's taking food up along with the world.
1: And there goes the price proud. of Oreo cookies. Thank you so much, exactly, Bert Flickinger, and yes we'll talk real soon.
11: Okay, thank you. Ben and uh, and your Great family and team.
1: Thank you. And happy Labor Day. And uh, we have with us uh, the best U.S. Senator in, uh, New York ever had. Uh, we have with us uh, uh, Alphonse D'Amato. And Alphonse, how is your day in the sun today? <laughs> uh,
12: John, not much sun. Did a little walking. Uh, took it easy. Spent some time with uh, the kids. Going to have an early dinner. Great day. Great day.
1: Uh, you've heard everything that's going on today i mean we're up uh, oh, uh creek. I, I can't creek. Uh, up creek. Crap, creek. crap creek cc crap creek i can't say another four letter word and uh uh in in washington uh and uh, all over the place uh oh. give us your your gut feeling you know you your best man at your wedding uh he in, gave a speech
12: the other night uh, t- Well, it wasn't my best man, but but he came. I was out of the Senate, and um, uh, he came to the wedding. He came to the courthouse dedication in my my honor, and I was, again, out of the Senate for about three, four years. Um, I've known him for over 40 years. I think he's uh, a a walking zombie that his wife keeps going uh, and keeps him going and keeps him in this thing. And his speech was a disaster, attacking Republicans the way he did, saying that they're the problem and and democracy is at stake. And democracy is at stake. It's at stake because the ultra-left wing of his party wants government to take over everything. They want to run everybody's life. They think they know what's best. They know what's best for our school kids. Uh, they know that open borders is a wonderful thing. We're giving people opportunities. Uh, they don't really care about the fentanyl that comes in and kills a hundred thousand, mostly young people. It's about one hundred
1: forty thousand right now. That's that's more than Vietnam and Korea put together.
12: And get this, um, where does it come from? It's manufactured a, a lot. The greatest part of it in China. It then comes over to the Mexican drug cartels, and they bring it in. And we jackasses uh, permit this to take place, killing our families, killing our kids. It is unconscionable. And I'll tell you what else is unconscionable. The FBI. They've got this uh, special agent, uh, Timmy Theibolt, all right, who just resigned last week. Well, this guy— was covering up for the president and for Hunter, he covered up the fact that that Hunter Biden's partner has sworn in affidavits, etc., that the big guy, the so-called big guy who was getting ten percent on this Chinese deal, was who do you think it was? Hmm. You the tell us. President of the United States, Joe Biden. And And what happened? he kept that from coming out. And that's why he resigned last week because the information is coming out, and Senator Grassley is going to hold hearings and conduct an investigation into this this whole thing. It was a debacle and covered up by the newspapers, the media, and the FBI. And I'll tell you the FBI is a disaster. Senator- and he's a new director, um, because this has gone on under his administration. Um and he was a Trump appointee, by the way, and he is horrible, horrible that what he has allowed the FBI to look like. Judge Weinberg? What- Senator,
3: I think Senator- it's very it's very important that Senators Grassley and Johnson get reelected this November because they're the ones who've had the eye on the ball. They're the ones who are issuing the reports. They're the ones who are doing effective legislative investigation and oversight. And if they don't win, this story is going to be buried. What say you?
12: Well, I, I agree with you. Uh, and Chuck Grassley will win by 20 points. Well, then we need a- to get
3: Johnson reelected.
12: Well that's another matter I can't tell you I don't know I don't have the expertise as it relates to his state and and where this Senator is in his re-election campaign. Senator um, we
1: have a few more minutes before we have to take a break can, can, tell us your 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 concern for Labor Day we got 911 coming up next Sunday which is important to all of us uh, and uh, there's been so so many uh, uh, people on our show that military people that say we're creating another uh, 9/11 type situation in Afghanistan right now
12: well uh, look Afghanistan there's very little we can do uh, i mean we 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 abandoned uh, our, our allies there we gave the country basically to, to the radicals to 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 the extremists, to those who created our our horrible situation of the 9-11. And and, uh, anything goes there now. We have very little input. Um, uh, We are in a weakened position. And and Biden did this with his incredible, uh, silly, uh, tactically uh, impractical withdrawal. It, It was a surrender, so to speak. And we are spread pretty darn thin now. Um, and we're
1: spread thin. We had the assistant secretary of the uh, army the other day. We are spread thin on weapons uh, of our own, and we are spread thin on on. We're spread thin all over the place. We and, uh, how many, we're hurting how many? Our how country. many
3: billions of weapons did we leave in Afghanistan? Oh,
1: a couple of billion. A billion here, a billion there. You know, eighty-three billion well, was.
12: Right. it? Look, and we have to continue. We can't abandon the Ukraine. All right, and we were slow in getting our weapons there. We could have gotten them over faster. Uh, I I don't know why we took as long as we did, but um, and and
1: then we had another uh, military man who says the the weapons that are supposed to be going to Taiwan is all a bunch of crap because it's it's not it's not the weapons that they need. It's just something we were doing to make everybody feel good.
12: Well, that that I'm not aware of. But, but I can tell I'll you I'll send you
1: the I'll send you the tape by, I think it was either uh, General Keene or General Petraeus. I'm not sure.
12: Not a good situation. But let me And I and I got to tell you here at home the economy John is going to get a lot worse. A lot worse because a lot of the summer spending et cetera, was built up yeah um be, because of the disasters we had over the two years and the health situation. And now, when the summer ends, people are going to be looking at how much money they owe, how the prices have soared. You're going to see a lot of restaurants close down in October and November because they're not going to be able to continue. People are not are going to start absenting themselves. And these jackasses in New York, the governor and her left wing uh, assembly and Senate, with with their new congestion pricing, you know how many thousands of New Yorkers are going to leave? You, you think people are going to pay anywhere from 70 to 34, seven to $34 a day to drive into New York? The people from New Jersey who drive in, the people from Suffolk County, Nassau County, Westchester, etc. not to mention those in the outer barrels, Brooklyn, Queens, et cetera, are going to pay that kind of money? I'll tell you what they're going to do, many of them are going to stop coming to New York because they're going to move south. You're know, you
1: right there. You know what they're saying in Florida. Come on down. Uh, The control room is yelling at me. Uh, We have to take a hard break. And uh, Senator D'Amato, God bless you, and God bless everything you've done for our country. And we'll talk again real soon.
0: It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: And we're back. And the people that know, we're talking about 9-11, which is next Sunday. And the people that know about 9-11 is on the phone with us now. We have uh, Congressman uh, uh, Peter King, and we have Mayor Rudy Giuliani, and we have uh, uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Uh, hi, guys. I mean, what the heck is going on in our country? I don't know anymore. Uh, uh, Rudy, what well, what say you uh, today?
2: Well, I think this is going to be a very very different kind of uh, remembrance of September 11, because Our country is in more turmoil, more confusion, uh, division than at any time since then. And when you think about it, uh, September 11 was the worst attack in the history of the country. It's one of the worst days. Uh, All of us have tremendously terrible memories of it. But we also have some wonderful memories of it, of unity and working together and Republicans and Democrats forgetting about that and being Americans. And it it almost seems, and I think I'm right about this, that maybe we we couldn't do that again. I'm that, not sure. That almost seems like a, a a different country, or a, 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 <laughs> totally uh, unable to even contemplate. If God forbid something like that happened, that everybody wouldn't be blaming each other.
1: And, and Congressman Peter King uh, of of well known fame of Kings Highway and uh, Peter King. Tell us what the heck is going on and you, you, you are very much concerned today on, on Labor Day that uh, and I know you are. I, you know, I feel it in your, in, in your pulse.
6: Well, I am. I mean the country is in very bad shape. and let me just say that you have Rudy Giuliani on and in some ways uh, in many ways. Uh, September eleventh was the worst day, the most tragic, tragic day in the history of our country, but it also became really a, a finest hour, a almost glorious moment the way we fought back and No one did more to unify the country or to show the spirit of New York and the United States really Giuliani and the country should always he took always charge be a to him for he really did he, he took charge he, he, he shut and, down, and he down the bridges. bridges
1: I remember that he shut down the bridges.
6: Well, just, uh, and that, and all the, uh, the days, the weeks, and months afterwards, So he was providing great leadership. I don't know how many funerals I saw him at, and he was at many more that I wasn't at. And he, again, was always there. So that's something we have to always be indebted uh, to really stay indebted He is
3: and always will be America's mayor.
6: Ab- absolutely, Judge. You're right on that. And as far as where we are today, just seems so much is going wrong. So much is going wrong. I mean, the economy is bad. It's a self-inflicted wound with the economy, with the president uh, shutting down the uh, oil production, uh, raising taxes, all of this, which is just madness. As far as crime, crime is out of control. And uh, you had the Democrats for two years blaming the police. Now Joe Biden is trying to say that he's pro-police, even though he's been talking about them being systemic racists and Republicans are somehow anti-police. We have uh, just things... uh, The country is not together. And and the other night, listen, I disagree with Joe Biden on many issues, but he did have an opportunity when he addressed the nation to try to show unity. You can show how you disagree on issues, But in fundamental principles, we stand together. Instead, he went out of his way, basically, to say that half the country uh, is enemies of the state. And this was terrible. So, John, uh, you've said this many times. uh, Really, you know, the people have to take action. They have to vote. They have to make sure that this November—and I'm not saying this because I'm a Republican, because over the years, Republicans haven't always been great. But right now, at this moment in our history, we need Republican leadership. We need Republicans in office. We need Lee Zeldin as governor. We need a Republican Congress, Republican Senate— And, again, we have to stop the trend the country is going in and the city is going in and the state is going in.
1: Uh, You're right.
2: And, and Rudy, any comments? Oh, that was really powerful, Pete. I mean, that really was. That's exactly what needed to be said. And and if people know Pete, they know that Pete is a very loyal, very strong Republican who can also disagree with the Republican Party when uh, he believes they're wrong. I mean – it's a strange thing, but he's. And no he's great. done that. He's
1: done that in the past, and nobody's. Yeah, I mean, a lot, of,
2: a lot of people who do that get the, get the sense of being disloyal, but he's a tremendously loyal Republican.
3: But he's and a people, great American, the people too. Respect he's him. the one who got the age the for the victims of 9 uh,
2: 11. And a lot of Republicans weren't happy about that, and a lot of Democrats haven't been happy about things that he, that he does. But he's, he is really one of the prime examples of what a congressman really should be. He serves his district and his country, and then his party after that. And so, for him to say what he's saying, if, if Joe Biden had given a unifying message, Pete would have found a way to really applaud him. A lot of Republicans might have been angry at Pete for doing it, but Pete would have done that. Because I know him, that's the way he is. So, when he tells you that this was a divisive message, that's very, very damaging. I mean, I've never. Pete, have you ever seen a candidate run against the people voting for his opponent?
6: No, not at all. I've never seen anything like this before. Never like this before, no. Even
2: even Trump in his worst anger and stuff never ran against the people that were voting for Bush or the people that were voting for Rubio or he went after Rubio and Bush. And I've never heard of that before. (laughs) You go after the people that are voting for your opponent?
6: Especially when it's 75 million people, maybe more. I mean, you know, it's not like you're talking about a group of 5 or 10 people. You're talking about 75 million people. And that, uh, to me, was totally irresponsible and dangerous. It really is dangerous. And, you know, they, they talk about how you know, uh, lack of respect for law and order and resorting to violence. We never saw violence... In recent years, where we did in the summer of 2020, when Black Lives Matter and Antifa were carrying out violent riots and demonstrations all over the country, police were being killed, buildings were being turned down, churches were being desecrated, and the Democrats but, said that these were peaceful how, demonstrations.
1: How can and, the enemies—I want to know, look, you, both, all of us are loyal Americans. How can our enemies— Uh, Do what they're doing on the border. Do what they're doing uh, with the fentanyl killing 140,000 people. Do what they're doing with the chaos in the streets in the democratic cities of the United States. Do what they're doing with our legal system. Do what they're doing with their education system. I mean, we need... Another hour to talk, which we don't have. Oh gosh! Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, but how can they do this? And, and 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 the Attorney General of the United States says nothing, and the the FBI, the, the head of the FBI, says nothing. The CIA cannot operate in the United States, so they can't do anything. So who who do we rely on?
6: Well, we should be relying on the president. The fact he we well, yeah, doesn't look
1: like you can rely on him, Peter. So who do we rely on? Well, Rudy well, we Giuliani. We have to, is, we we
6: have I, to rely, I, I rely on each other, we, don't we? I mean, well, I think right, we? bottom line. I like to be public in Congress. November. November.
1: On each other. November eighth. If, if, if we, we don't put make our
2: faith and effort into that election, like Peter and you, John and, and John are saying. That's
1: what the bottom line is. If we don't make a change in November and have a balance of power in Washington. We're never going to get the truth, and that's all I want is the truth. Well, God bless you, Rudy. Great job, Thank you, son. and God bless you, uh, well, uh, you Peter. You marathon
2: today, John. Yeah, I a know, marathon. I
1: know. And 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 and, and Judge Weinberg, and, and you know the thing that we stand for. You know, we joke around, but the thing we stand for is what, what Superman said when we were growing up: truth. truth.